Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to the Recovery Radio podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Visit my website, recoveryradiokmp3.com. To get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I'm so glad you're here with me right now. I don't know if your day's just getting started or it's somewhere in the middle or if it's winding down or. I have no desire to drink today. I was just thinking about. <laughs> I'm like 100 years old now, so. Years ago, when I lived in New York, I used to listen to baseball on a AM radio before there were cell phones or apps or anything like that. I remember some pretty obnoxious places I listened to baseball games <laughs> my headphones on one time it was while I was playing drums in an off-Broadway play I was listening to a baseball game and another time I was watching a Broadway show <laughs> but I had to find out how my team was doing anyways I was just thinking about that because I was thinking, I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast. I was doing some pretty arcane stuff back in the day while I was listening to things on my headphones. Anyways, I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee here from Trader Joe's mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. Dude, the other day, we almost ran out again. And so the last time I went to the store, I got like a psycho, like, Preparing for the end of the world, I got, like, a lot of Don Francisco's. Like, too much. I got a lot. I don't even want to tell you how much I got. I'll just say that we're not going to run out this week. (laughs) Uh, I go to a lot of meetings on Zoom. I was in a meeting on Zoom in on the East Coast. And um, I heard something that I hear a lot and it makes me so sad. I heard something that I 
relate to, used to subscribe to, was very confused about, and something that really made my life needlessly miserable for years. And I heard somebody say that, you know, that they catastrophize and that's their alcoholism. Their alcoholism makes them assume the worst of things. Maybe you believe that. We're all free to believe whatever we want to believe. But the big book disagrees with that. Dr. Silkworth does not agree with that. And when I really came to understand that, my alcoholism is not telling me that things suck, things are going to fall apart, people are shit. That's my self-centeredness. That's the self in me. That's the human condition, according to the big book. And according to Dr. Silkworth, and according to my own experience with knowing non-alcoholics and non-addicted persons intimately. I've talked about it before, but my wife, for example, she is a teetotaler. She does not drink. She doesn't doesn't eat like it's a drug, doesn't shop like it's a drug, doesn't smoke, doesn't and she catastrophizes and she has all these things that people share about in AA all the time and things they blame alcoholism for. You know, there's a, there's a couple sentences in the book that, there's a lot of sentences in the book that are very easy to take out of context. One of them is the problem with the alcoholic centers in the mind. Let's, if you look at that, it's on page 23. Actually, I'll start on page 22. Just they describe the alcoholic, the real alcoholic, on page 21. One of the things they use to describe the real alcoholic is they say the real alcoholic is often perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except liquor. But in that respect, he's incredibly dishonest and selfish. Over to page 22, when they're done describing the alcoholic, this is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic, as our behavior patterns vary, but this description should identify him roughly. Why does he behave like this? If hundreds of experiences have shown him that one drink means another debacle with all its attendant suffering and humiliation. Why is it he takes that one drink? Why can't he stay on the water wagon? What has become of the common sense and willpower that he still sometimes displays with respect to other matters? 
Perhaps there will never be a full answer to these questions. Opinions vary considerably as to why the alcoholic reacts differently from normal people. We are not sure why, once a certain point is reached, little can be done for him. We cannot answer the riddle. We know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink, as he may do for months or years, he reacts much like normal men. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol whatever into his system, something happens both in the bodily and mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. These observations would be academic and pointless if our friend never took the first drink, thereby setting the terrible cycle in motion. Therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. If you ask him why he started on that last bender, the chances are he will offer you any one of a hundred alibis. And again, I mean, they're, they're talking about what they're saying is this is a twofold malady that's unique. And the main part of the problem is not the allergy. It's not the body part. That's not the main problem because it's like having a peanut allergy. You just don't eat peanuts. You know, your peanut allergy, the physical aspect is not hurting you if you're not eating peanuts. They're saying of the two issues here, the bodily issue is not the main part. The main part is the fact that he continues to convince himself to drink. And I'm sharing about this because I just don't know what else to do. It makes me so sad to hear so constantly um, things like tomorrow's going to be a nightmare. That's my alcoholism. Because I don't believe that it is, and I used to. And um, that information really set me free, changed my whole life. So I don't know what to do. It's not like I think I'm some expert. I'm not. But I do know what the big book says about it. Not because I'm great or smart because I I've sat in a study that's gone over definitions and words and by subject setting aside all of our experience and just studying what the book actually says for 30 years seeing groups of people reach consensus after consensus saying oh my gosh the big book actually says this it's fascinating We talk about that thing I just read on page 23. We talk about it as if 22 would say, if 22 said, you know, why can't he get out of bed in the morning? Why can't he not catastrophize tomorrow? Why can't he 
stop telling himself he's a loser. Why can't he do this? And then they were like, the main problem centers in the mind. Then it would make sense the way it's discussed. But they're saying, hey, we, usually, we have common sense. We have willpower concerning other things. Perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning other things. We can't stay away from drink number one. Permanently. Why? What is it in our brain that has taken away the ability with sufficient force to remember the suffering and humiliation of a week or a month ago? What is that? Very different than if the book was saying, why does he hate himself so much? But again, there's so much to untangle in here that, you know, the original study that I went through lasted almost two years. The poor big book is up against so much. See the looks I get when I read this to people who look at me like, yeah, but everyone I know feels differently, so you're just stupid. Or you just don't. I'm not really even, I'm just tripping out on how different you think it is. I'm not even listening to what you're saying. I'm just like looking at you, like tripping out on how, like, how to, how, how much of an outcast you are for thinking that, like, You know, beating yourself up isn't part of alcoholism. You're just so stupid for thinking that. I mean, those are the looks I get. That's the conversations that I <laughs> have had for a really long time. And I don't know. It just it makes me sad. And I don't know what to do other than share what I do know. In as many ways as I can. In serious ways. In funny ways. as In direct ways. In indirect ways. And one-on-one -on -one ways and workshops and meetings and because I woke up today and I felt amazing went to bed last night and it felt amazing it's not bullshit I have a friend of mine I'm not going to name any names but I have a friend of mine who was an extreme case like me. Just a really, really, really extreme, severe case of alcoholism. Low bottom, crazy, out of their mind for years. And he would look at them two weeks ago and say, I don't know if they're ever going to change well this person did their fifth step and they did their fifth step with somebody who has this message that i'm talking about very unfussy nothing special just right out of the big book no call me every single day i'm going to tell you when to take a shit no Right, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you i'm going to you know what i mean nothing nothing other than what is in the big book and this person has had the most just a blazing spiritual awakening that is just stunning to look at. Like 
transformed from the inside out. I've seen that happen quite a lot. It happened to me. Very few people in my life remember me when I was drinking. I mean, there's kind of no one. So it's kind of hard for some people to fathom that I was that extreme of a case. So it doesn't shock me, but it's just, it's... The big book describes an incredible experience. And I think the chances of that incredible experience happen a lot less often than they can. And it's, I think, in part, because we have made it so fucking fussy. We've added so many things with good intentions to the recipe. So it was definitely the highlight of my year, I would say. The change that I saw for the first time face to face yesterday. Kind of amazing. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know if this is annoying. I don't know if it's relieving. I don't know if it's inspiring. I don't know if it's disturbing. I don't know. But I just feel a tremendous moral obligation to share what I know as many ways as I can. One person has this kind of change happen to them. This person, by the way, who had this complete spiritual experience is surrounded by people who I want to say don't agree with how she's done the steps, which is just right out of the book, but it's pretty radical. I don't know. Live and let live to each his own. Just one ding ding. I'm not an expert. Not anything special. I'm just one member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Ringing his bell. So, that's it. Let it go. I have a big male modeling shoot tomorrow. It's a male modeling contest, actually. It's the Who's Sexiest? Um, male model contest. It's in, um, happens in Manhattan. And so if you want to find out the information, go to www.h, oh no, www.whoz, and then sexiest.net. Don't go there. I'm making this up. It's just stupid. All right. I'm just going to shut up. I want to say happy birthday to Sarah from Sober Gratitudes Podcast. Celebrating 10 years of sobriety yesterday. And uh, I want to say to anybody who needs to hear it that everything's okay. And, um, yeah. That's it.
I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that's worth saving.